Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Modern Webster's Wrestling Friends. As always, these Welsh desolate tones that you hear are the undisputed king of the mods, the podfather of professional wrestling. I do, I love that one. Podfather of professional wrestling, or as I like to see it, facilitator for these chats, discussions, gatherings. Oh, oh, it's so good to be having socially distant gatherings right now with your wrestling favourites, or as I like to call them, my wrestling friends. Of course, um, this podcast is now coming back to you free of charge every Wednesday uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Added it. You people asked for it. I've added it. Spotify. Uh, podcast addict and some of these again dropped onto YouTube as well um, or wherever wherever you get your podcast from so please be sure to rate subscribe review um, I did say last week um, if anyone tuned into the Mike Quackenbush episode I did say that um, the biggest reason why I stopped doing these um, is because I generally hate editing podcasts I absolutely despise it love editing videos I'm editing a, a music video at the moment just had this great intro for um, a music video for the next which covered my last 18 months, uh, my pretty much my journey through WWE. Of, I'm doing that at the moment. I'm absolutely loving it, losing hours upon hours uh, doing it. So I actually love editing uh, videos, but I actually despise editing audio because it's very boring to look at. And also, it takes hours. It takes absolutely hours for me to edit the audio. And you get to a certain point as well, and maybe the audio goes up or there's a weird sound and... and and I have to try to sort that out, and it's it's really monotonous. And I'll be honest with you, that's why I stopped doing these podcasts. So I'm going on a tangent, but I'm getting to my point. <sighs> Please rate, subscribe, review, because the the aim here is during this time, uh, however long we're in lockdown, um, I continue to build this brand. I give you something free content for you guys to listen to, uh, and then hopefully by the end of it, my following has grown. And I'm able to find someone like the wonderful Kelly Six, who's really good at uh, editing podcasts. I'm able to say, yo, man, money comes sponsorship. You're somebody to help you uh, on your wrestling journey and for you to keep afloat and for you to kind of have some money to put aside while wrestling's a bit quiet. And uh, you can do, he can do the editing and you guys get content. So it really is in your best interest. And other people like Kelly Six and other people want to help support their best interest if we can get some of the numbers up on this. So please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Reddit, if you're on any of those forums, uh, please just, you know, put it out there. Try to get as many as you can and just tell people. Maybe you're, maybe you're having a chat on on uh, Zoom or maybe you're having a chat on Facebook chats this week and you're like, hey, I listened to a great podcast with uh, Flashmogger Webster the other day. You should definitely go check it out. And again, maybe when they go on their 30-minute mandated walk in the UK or however you're allowed to go in any other country, maybe put the podcast in and we'll have a listen. But yeah, please, rate, subscribe, review. I would be very, very grateful for that. And hopefully we can push those numbers up. Uh, as I said, um, I'm not sponsored at the moment. I'm also not trying to plug any of my big cartel or anything like that. So um, maybe the best thing you can do is possibly just give me a shout out on the Twitter if you're enjoying it. I'm at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. I'm Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook and I'm also on Twitch, but I'm not, not Twitch, on TikTok. Been having a lot of fun this week on TikTok, been all the dances. But I'm not giving you out there, um, I'm not giving you out because I'm not really posting the stuff. I'm just kind of having fun, doing the dances, nobody's going to see it, getting my sweat on, great times. So, uh, the lockdowns, I'm having a world of a time. I'm editing, I'm doing podcasts, I'm doing workouts, and I'm doing TikTok dances. Who says it has to be doom and gloom, people? Just, you know, 
find something you enjoy doing, don't have to share it out there, just crack on with it. So, uh, yeah, this week's episode, I sit down with the wonderful Killer Kelly. So, uh, yeah, we're now speaking to Kelly post-WWE. Um, I always want to sit down with her and speak to her while she was in NXT UK. We need to try to get this to happen a few times, but those weeks at the PC can be super hectic um, and also super exhausting. So, you know, you get to the end of the day and the last thing you want to do then is have to like put on a front and be cheery and, and be, be super energetic while you sit down and talk to me for five, five minutes. Or, you know, ask on the Monday, she, she says she'll do it. By the Wednesday, she's like, oh, I'm a bit tired. Thursday comes, I'm like, oh, I'm a bit tired. And then before you know it, then the whole week's gone by and I've got no podcasts. And uh, But yeah, it was it was good to sit down and finally chat with her. And we have a a, a real good chat. It's a great story. Um, I didn't realise how kind of new she was to wrestling before she got signed to WWE. And I was saying to some other people as well how uh, how well she did, especially in the main class that match with Mika Satamora. Absolutely incredible. Um, how well she did considering the lack of training she had before she got to Germany and the fact she was only in Germany for a little bit. But again, I won't get too much detail. I'll let her get into that. But yeah, it's a great conversation. If you're if uh, if you're if you're in Portugal, if you're in Europe and you're thinking, and you're thinking you want to follow wrestling, this is definitely the conversation for you, somebody to uh, follow. Um, if you're a big fan of Killer Kelly, well, this is definitely the conversation for you. And if you're somebody who you know knows a little bit about her, maybe you're, you've only just started getting into British wrestling, Maybe NXT UK was something that kind of hooked you and now you're looking to kind of see more about the British independent scene or maybe you know nothing about NXT UK and you've only seen a few indie shows and I'm your gateway in now, then this is a, this is definitely the conversation for you. Um, I don't know, these intros at the moment, they're a bit uh, a bit weird to do. Usually, I guess, my old format used to be that I would kind of tell you everything I'd been up to, everything I've got coming up. Um, but apart from daily workouts and editing this podcast which uh and editing that video there's not a lot going on again i'm trying to create content for all of you and uh have a good time doing it so i guess i'll probably stop waffling on um i do love that term waffling on and uh maybe sit back relax and enjoy what is a wonderful conversation with raquel <laughs> killer kelly you'll get that little in joke at the start Enjoy, people. P.S. Squash Tiger King. It's mental. Uh, we can uh, start our conversation. R.Q.L. or Raquel. Yeah, Raquel. Raquel. Oh, seriously, that's still one of my favourite stories. Him, <laughs> he was Mark Andrews convinced that that's how you pronounce your name. <laughs> oh God, you you need to mention that in this conversation. <laughs> well, well, technically, I guess now we've started. So I'm joined here today by uh, Killer Kelly. How are you, Kelly? You all good? I'm all good. How are you, Flash? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very, very, I'm very, very good. Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Mark Andrews was convinced that uh, uh, <laughs> 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 Raquel was pronounced Raquel, and Raquel. Uh, and I, cl- I queued, uh, I queued uh, Kelly up on this uh, before we went to a supermarket doing one of the PC weeks, and uh, told her that I was going to ask her how to pronounce her name. And you played along very well and said it was Raquel. And Mark Andrews looked like the happiest man in the world that he had proved everybody wrong. Until... He literally like jumped. It was like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> Devastation on his face 30 seconds later when he realized he'd been played was absolutely amazing. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite stories of all time. Like, his face. <laughs> it was such a simple little thing. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, um, how I usually like to start these off um, is uh, just kind of taking it back to basics. It's probably a question you've been asked a million times. So uh, feel free to just go on tangents and just kind of flow with it. And I don't care if we don't hit proper order of stuff. I just like it just having a cool conversation. But yeah, what's your earliest memory of wrestling? When can you remember falling in love with wrestling? Uh, I remember being in my attic with my brother and he started like playing one of his VHSs and I remember seeing Kane making his entrance and I fell in love with that like uh, I remember the specific moment like the the beat drops the fire um, the fire on his entrance just like and I'm like oh my god I love that I want to be like that like it was amazing like I I still talking about that I still feel what I felt that day like, like pure bumps. happiness yeah yeah it was crazy like amazing and I fell in love instantly so was Kane one of your favorite wrestlers then from from that ongoing yes <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he somebody you kind of still go back and watch a lot of wrestling of now yeah, 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 yeah. Like even his like mayor stuff. I I go on his Twitter, Twitter, and I'm like just like, oh, Kane, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big fan of Kane, then. Not even like, a, yeah. oh, I'm a fan of Kane. You got me. You're a big fan of Kane. Yes, like I I remember like um during one of uh those NXT UK tapings, uh, Vic Joseph was talking to me, and I don't know how. Like we started talking about Kane, and. I told him that I was a really, really big fan. And it was like, oh, I have him on my phone. I'm just going to call him. And I was like, no, no, please don't do that. I will <laughs> die. I will cry. Please do not do that. So, yeah, I'm a big fangirl of Kane. <laughs> when, uh, while Bo's a huge fan of uh, Kane as well, when I did, uh, oh. when, I know he, he, he absolutely loves him. He uh, used to pretend to be Kane when we used to wrestle back in the day. Oh, my God. But, uh, <laughs> when he... Um, when we did, when I did WrestleMania weekend, I was in the hotel and I bumped into Kane, who was very like, "Oh, <gasps> nice, nice, nice to meet you, sir." And he was very polite, and I shook his hand. And I was like, "I went, well, that's what I went. That's one of the brothers of destructions down." And I'm not even lying. I turned the corner, Kelly, and there was Undertaker stood right there. I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Okay, that's two then. And shook his hand as well. So it's literally the matter of like 30 seconds of meeting each each of them. Dude, I would cry. I would literally cry if I met Kane. It's so weird. <laughs> So uh, you and your brother, did you used to uh, did you used to play wrestling together as well? Then after you got into it, oh hell yeah, hell yeah! Like my brother finally had the little brother that wanted because <laughs> yeah, because it's my brother. Then I have a sister, and then it's me. So we're like twelve years apart, something like that. So my sister is all super girly. She's a model. She loves all girly stuff. Um, and me, I was like in that, I was six or seven. I was still in that, um, like, I still didn't know if I wanted to be girly girl or a tomboy because yeah. of my brother and sister's influences. So I was always into sports and then my brother, uh, introduced me to wrestling and then playing video games, like wrestling video games. And I was like, oh my God, I love, 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 love this. And my brother was like, so psyched it was like the best for him we we played like on on the pc like the the raw game 
and we always play like every single day and then after that he was like oh let me try to power bomb you oh let me try to tomb tombstone you and I'm like uh oh, yes do that do all of that and my <laughs> mom would be so pissed but we still do it like <laughs> we didn't care <laughs> what did uh, what do your what did your parents do uh my mom is was a model as well like she was Oh yeah we've had this conversation your, your mother is absolutely beautiful your entire family are to be honest uh, oh, we had this conversation we at the at the at the tapings before good good yeah. genes Kelly family have good genes <laughs> thank you yeah and i remember a photo of my my mom and not the photo of the facebook of my mom and facebook of my sister being like passed around all the NXT UK locker room <laughs> 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 oh god Uh but yeah she she was a model and my dad like he owns a lot of businesses. So they're like completely different people oh. and they are divorced so uh, uh they were very different. <laughs> so uh from like loving wrestling and uh kind of like you know playing it with your brothers to the guy when did you you know start to think wait a second I want to be a pro wrestler when did you like kind of realize that was actually possible? Um so being from Portugal that wasn't ever like a possibility. I remember like being 12 or 13 and being like on the internet looking for places to train and how to become a WWE diva. I remember that fondly. I was <laughs> like, "Oh man, I really want to be 18. Maybe they'll accept me like when I'm 16 or something like that." Like so crazy so stupid <laughs> and i was like oh okay i need to to look like them i need to be like them oh i uh since here in portugal like there's no place to train and i i can't like move uh at 13 uh maybe i'll start like uh taking tips from my mom and sister and uh be beautiful and like awful 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 <laughs> um but then like between those searches I remember being on there's a Portuguese like MySpace platform or there yeah. was and there was like a lot of groups there and I just started typing like WWE WWE Portugal wrestling Portugal and I came across a group and there were people that were like practicing moves and training wrestling in Portugal and this was about the time like I was 14 Uh, so after like two years of searching for places, um, and then I found that group, and I was like, "Oh my god, these people actually train wrestling! This, this is so cool!" And I, I like I added um, a a person from that group, and I was like, "Okay, please tell me how can I train?" Uh, and then they gave me like all the info, and I went to my brother, and I said, uh, "I I need." I need to go. You, you need to come with me, and I, I'm pretty sure that mom and dad will say no. So you need to come with me and train with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as expected, my mom and dad said no, and only I could only go there to watch them train if I went with my brother. So we went there, and it was like a gym with only mattresses and a boxing ring, and it was see, really you like see, you see mattresses. Uh, mattresses. Oh, I'm sorry. That's like the literally literal like translation to mats from Portuguese. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so a lot of mats, 
um, boxing ring, and it was like a really, really old school boxing gym. Yeah. But I, I was so hyped, so so hyped. So I watched the first training. So they did like a little warm up, and then they started like doing bumps, 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 and then a lot of chain wrestling. Like, I, I fell in love. I, like I said to my brother, you really need to make this happen for me. <laughs> I really need to train. And we went home. He explained that the people were responsible and blah, 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 which they weren't. Like, they, they put up, like, a really good front. Uh, but my brother went to every single training after my parents said yes. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, then I did my first training, which was, uh, I think it was, like, two hours or three of just straight bumping on a very, very thin mat. And that was my first experience, and I've never stopped since then. What uh, what year would that have been? Uh, I just remember I was 14, so uh, I'm 28 now. So that was, oh my God, I'm really bad at math. 2006. Yeah, 2006. So, <laughs> so who was the head trainer there? Oh, it was a, a guy that I don't even remember the name. Like, I only stayed there for less than a year. And then I found, like, a proper place to train, which is my, the guy who trained me, like, since the beginning. Uh, his name is Bruno Brit, And he went to Landstorm Wrestling Academy. He spent, like, I don't know, six months. I don't know how many months there. And... He opened up a school named Wrestling Portugal, and that was my home for many, many years. Lance Storm has, like, so much to kind of answer for in a good way because there's so many people from these, like, European scenes or places where there's hardly any wrestling scene at all or somebody, like, not to train people. And so many people have gone and trained with Lance and then brought back what they've known from Lance. Exactly. And, And then so many people have had, like yourself, have had, like, hands in and stuff like that from people who actually have been trained properly because there wasn't a lot of scenes. So Lance really does, has helped the scene so much, probably more than he ever really gets credit for. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I have to thank Lance Storm for being the wrestler that I am because without Lance, I wouldn't have my trainer and without my trainer, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Was there anybody at the, uh, at that training school when you started? Um, not the first one, the, the second one you went to the actual proper school. Was there anyone who was there then that still wrestles now? Uh, uh, there's a guy that started like at the latest years uh, that is currently here in WXW. His name is João Sanch. Um, and he, yeah, uh, that that's the only person I think. There's there's uh, there was one guy that was actually offered to go to the Noah dojo yeah. in the big, but he said no. And <laughs> like, yeah, he loves wrestling, but not that much. Uh, he didn't want to move to Japan and do all of that. So, which is crazy. Like when I heard that story, I was like, I hate you. I would love to go there. <laughs> I would love to be offered to, to go to Japan. Like, I remember I was like, 17 or 18 when I heard about the story well it's it's crazy because again it comes down to personal preference I guess and what people want from it and stuff like that but I remember 
maybe being a year in or two years in, and there's a guy from Wales uh, who got signed by uh, WWE, and he only ever did a little bit on NXT, like maybe like one match on NXT, but he was out there six months, and then he came back from Florida, and he quit, and he couldn't deal with it. And I can remember thinking at the time, like, what are you doing? Like, we killed to be in that position. But of course, like, he never really experienced all the stuff that we have when it comes to wrestling. He'd kind of, like, just wrestled yeah, yeah. at Welsh Wrestling, and, and then from there kind of got he had a great look he looked like a, a bodybuilder and they moved him out to america he'd never really been outside of wales before then so probably was a big shock to the system was probably very homesick yeah yeah a big shock uh like a lot of people like even my trainer when he went to canada he had like he he was always like a very independent person and very very strong minded but being in canada and like live living wrestling every single day he made like the choice of not being a pro wrestler, but teaching wrestling. He said that that wasn't the life that he wanted. And he wouldn't mind teaching wrestling to the Portuguese people that want it. So like, I get that. But at the same time, it's so crazy to think about that. I, I guess some people just need to try it out and see if it's for them or not. Yeah, I think like the hustle, as you know yourself, the hustle is <laughs> such a big part of wrestling. And you've got to be, you've really got to want to kind of like, put content out there and be willing to go get photos done and then be willing to like uh get on a flight and then show up with no sleep and then do a match and then jump back on another flight and go somewhere else and be prepared exactly. like your best weekend you could possibly have could be a weekend where you're absolutely exhausted and it's really stupid that like you've not that you've got to do it but that's sometimes that's just it and you've got to be used to it and i know that when i speak to other people and explain that to them they're just like, how how would you even do that? And I guess it's just, it just becomes the norm, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I remember be- having, like, my first wrestling weekend, and I was so excited. I loved the grind. I loved getting to the venue early and just, like, watching, uh, like, people setting up the chairs, me setting up the ring, just just all of that. Even if it was, like, a shitty venue, which I've been to mm, so many shitty venues like i, I even <laughs> wrestle in a circus <laughs> i wrestle in a circus like next to uh, like they had animals just <laughs> like what? next to us yeah yeah like in the cages of course but <laughs> we were setting up the ring and we would pass by the animals and the the awful smell and what, there what wasn't even I think they had like just horses and uh, what else? Just like farm animals. Uh, like, okay, I was, I was expecting like Tiger King stuff. Like there was tigers. I, <laughs> oh, I wish <laughs> that'd be cool. I think they had a lion, but I've never seen it. So wow. yeah, that that would be cool. But yeah, like just the the the, the little grind that just like going like being in a car with. Uh, four other people and just being all like tight with your your bag on top of your lap and like and not sleeping it's it's so cool like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do this like any differently I really loved my whole experience of like passing by all of that and then I moved to Germany and then it was like oh now I have to catch flights as well like oh it's so cool <laughs> how did how did, uh, how did moving to Germany come about then? So you've been you were training at Port, the one place in Portugal. You finally found a good school then and started being trained properly in Portugal. 
when did you yeah, uh, yeah. when did you and why did you decide to make the jump to to germany um so there was just like i think i reached a point where uh my trainer didn't have any anything else to to teach he always said that we we needed to go outside of portugal and experience it and be taught by other people, different people, and just to see if we actually want this. So me and my, um, like, I, I think I spent like a year researching for places to train. I remember that Landstorm school for me, it was very, very expensive. And um, I started uh, Googling what are the best wrestling schools in Europe and WXW popped up. And since then, like, I spent a year just researching and seeing who wrestled there. And then I found out about 16 Carat. I found out, like, World Tech Festival. And I was like, oh, my God, there's, like, a lot of people there. And Walter is the head trainer. And Timothy Thatcher is there as well. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this, this is the place to be. Like, if I want to see if I love wrestling enough to make this my, my life, I need to go there and train. So they offer like packs of one week, two weeks and a month. And at the time I was working, so I could only take like a week off work. And I remember talking with my trainer and him saying that it's a great idea that I should do it. And me and my boyfriend at a time, we both, we were the only ones that wanted to uh, make wrestling our life. Like we had, um, I don't know, like 15 people, something, something like that. And they, they only wanted to train on the weekends and have fun. We really wanted to pursue the dream. So we talked about that and we decided to have like different experience. So I went there a week and then he a week later went for a month. So that week, it was like the best week of my life. On the second day, I already knew that I wanted to make this my life. Uh, so we train every day, and then at the end, we had, uh, WXW has, like, academy shows. So I booked my flight, I booked my stay there so that I would be at the academy show and show them uh, that I can actually wrestle. <laughs> yeah. So I trained for the, the whole week, I did the academy show, and I remember, like, the person who was in charge, uh, Jacoby uh, of WXW, he said, like, okay, you need to move here. I know that uh, there's a lot of people that moved to the UK, which, like, I had two guys training with us that moved to the UK. There are, like, David Francisco and Mauchaf. They're in the UK. Like, David even wrestled for progress. Um, but he was like, the UK scene is over. Like, there's a lot of people there. A lot. And you might not even get your chance, like, your friends are there like for a, a year or two and they even they didn't even wrestle in like major shows so do you want to go to the UK and not be seen or come to Germany and work hard um, every single day in the academy and start slowly being on WXW shows that's that, yeah. that's, so, that's so clever from him because I, I'm guessing at this point what, what year would this be around Probably at 2011, 2012? Uh, no, this was actually uh, like three years ago. <laughs> well, 
even more even more so then because at this point then I know that WXW would be in that kind of stable point and had like you had sixteen carat, but apart from the eyes that were on WXW for sixteen carat, on demand hadn't really become a thing at that point, big in Germany. Yeah. So um the UK scene had the boom, but WXW was was still from a lot of people outside of the wrestling circle not being watched by a lot of people so he was quite clever in that sense that if you had gone to the uk no doubt you would have succeeded because you're really good but you probably as he said would have got lost in the shuffle because so many people moved over here three years ago like 2017 was the boom year especially because that would have been the year yeah, the yeah. strong style really busted out onto the scene as well so there would have been so many people over here at that point so i think that was real smart on him in germany because you would kind of be a, a small fish but we're in a smaller pond and as wxw's yeah, yeah. got bigger at the time as well and wxw's had more eyes on it you've been able to grow with that as well so that's been quite clever from jacoby yeah exactly like i even like uh started googling like how many shows wxw had how many shows the uk promotions had and i was like oh my god this is crazy like every single weekend they have shows i have an actual opportunity to grow as a performer here uh so that that was easy after that week I was like, okay, uh, I went to my boyfriend and I said, I need to move and I need to move quick. I cannot waste any longer. Like, this is it. If I don't make it within the year, I'm going to quit wrestling and I need to make it. And why, why, he was why, like, why did you say that? Because I was, um, I was 25 and uh. to me, that was like really old. I was like, oh, all the girls, like... Uh, when they reach their 30s, like 30 to 35, their career ends. And I know that it's going to take me a while to actually make it to WWE. So I need to make it now. I need to, to try now. And if I don't make it, I just need to find a, go back to my regular job. And then like after, I remember this was, I, I, I flew to Germany the day after my 20, 25th birthday. And yeah, I spent the, the week and then my boyfriend went and he was like, okay. Uh, he was like a little bit more cautious. He was like, I, I don't know if I want to go to Germany, but maybe I, I should because Jacoby also had the conversation with him because he was actually really good as well. Uh, and then we made the decision and September we moved to Germany. So how, how did you find that transition? Like is we well we spoke a little bit before this podcast started about uh how different kind of like uh Germany is compared to Portugal, but how how difficult did you find the transition? It was a little bit difficult. Like being in the center of Lisbon, I'm used to having like everything near me, everything. And it was a, a huge hassle to find a house and to pay rent because that was, that would be the first time that I actually rented a house. And I was still working as a designer uh, from home and juggling that with going to training. Uh, was really hard because we lived two hours away from WXW. And there was nothing near, nothing. And people in Germany have this particular thing of even, like most of them, even if they talk English, they won't talk English to you. They'll be like just speaking German. And they're like, 
they're they're colder than Portuguese people, and that was really really hard to get used to. Now I'm just like, okay, that's just the way they are. I, I don't mind. But in the beginning, I was like, why are they so mean? Why are they so cold? This is this is weird. So yeah, from from that and everything being super far away was was a little bit hard. Uh, but like uh, I managed it, and like everything from after a month I moved, everything started going like really really well. So c can you speak? Can you speak German? <laughs> no. Oh God, you you still can't speak German. Like I know uh, some things, uh, but I remember once I moved, I started to um, to learn how to speak German, but like on the Duolingo app, um, I tried to go to a school. Like I I made several attempts to go to schools, but one they were super expensive, and they only they didn't have like courses going on like every single day. It was like um they they started the the course uh september and it would be like a year long and you couldn't just enter and do the course so i had to wait a year to start it so that was really really awful because i moved september september 5th and i think the course started september 1st and i only oh, went searching for a school yeah i only went searching for a school like two weeks after because first i wanted to go like get used to the going to the bxw routine uh so yeah i missed it and and then it was super super expensive and paying training paying uh the train which is like public transports here are so expensive uh and paying the rent my rent paying food like everything was so expensive and i couldn't afford it and and then uh once i started like actually making it I was so busy going every everywhere that I didn't have time to uh, to put myself in a course again. So that would be like imagine. Um, so that course course uh, starts September. Uh, a year later, move forward. I'm already in WWE, and I don't have time because I'm traveling all the time. So I couldn't sign up for that one as well. <laughs> so that was just like a a loop of oh I can't I can't I can't and I'm so busy and when I'm home I'm at the gym or I'm training so I don't have time so it was like a lot of excuses <laughs> so I've never actually learned how to speak maybe I'll start now in this quarantine <laughs> yeah <that's a> good <laughs> <point>. yeah yeah <laughs> you so if I go right then you moved in the September and to Germany and by the following September had you been signed by the WWE Yes. Holy smoke. Like That's what like, crazy. like what, what did what did your family think about you moving to Germany at the time? Um so I I remember dropping hints every now and then. So I came back April and I started saying, hmm, maybe I'll move to Germany. And they're like, ah, no. I'm like, hmm, okay. Let me drop another hint. Maybe me and my boyfriend will finally live together. Oh yeah, here? Uh, maybe in Germany. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm like, mm, okay. This was like, my family was always saying no because I had a really good job. I was really like thriving as a graphic designer. I had a steady income. I had like everything going on for me. 
and uh, I like I I've like randomly said one time like oh, what if I uh, just quit my job and become a wrestler ha 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 Raquel <laughs> of course not I'm like huh, okay so my family uh, isn't very like happy about it uh, <laughs> And I remember talking with my brother and my sister. They were like, oh, you need, to, you really need to think about that. But like, if you want to do it, this is the time to do it. And if it doesn't work out, you come back to Portugal. I was like, yes, this is exactly the spirit that I, I want. Like good advices. You need to try it out you, or else you'll uh, regret it forever. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. So a month before moving, I told my parents that I was going to move. Uh, I, I think it was like a little less than a month. And they were like so angry. Like my dad was angry and just saying that I was stupid for doing that. And I was like, no, dad, I really need to try it. <laughs> I really need to do it. And then I moved and uh, I was struggling a bit in the beginning, like financially. And uh, like my dad is a person that rarely uh says um how can i put this um i don't want to say like positive things like he's a very negative person and he's always saying that things won't work out and i pessimistic yeah and he loves to say like i told you so so that, <laughs> yeah those first months were a lot of i told you so i told you so i told you so Oh, Dad, uh, can you, like, borrow me, uh, give me, like, some money, and then next month I'll give you back? Oh, uh, I'm gonna, but I told you so. I told you that you couldn't make it. I'm like, uh-huh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> and once I got to WWE, like, wrestling isn't very big in Portugal, so the whole idea of being a wrestler is like, oh, that's not going to last forever, which is true. But that's not going to last forever. That's not a real job. So when I first... Uh, started getting bookings. Uh, my dad was just like, okay, uh, how much money did you get? Uh, did you lose? <laughs> Or did you win? Uh, so if you win, you get... Dad, this is all like predetermined. No, uh, it's nothing like that. Like, oh, so you got paid that amount of money? How can you make a living out of that? And I'm like, oh, that just be happy for me. <laughs> and then when I made it to WWE and I had like an actual contract He was like, oh, okay, so that's a job. I'm like, yeah, it was a job before. I was doing fine, but yeah. So they only like started believing that this would be an actual job when I got the, the contract. It's, even though like, even like every, every now and then my dad says, oh, can you just quit and come back to Portugal? Your, your body does not handle that very well. It will not handle that very well and you'll, go old full of pain and like shut up that <laughs> <laughs> it is it's crazy like because I had the I had the same thing where it's like so I qualified as a teacher and then I did a lot of supply work and stuff like that just because it was easier to to maintain with wrestling so I was kind of like majority of my money was probably coming from just teaching and then when I got PWG um it became that I couldn't like do the teaching anymore just because I was traveling around so much yeah, and yeah. like I think I was like probably independent for almost like a year or something before Dury picked me up and I was probably at this point making more money as a just an independent wrestler than I was as a substitute teacher and my mum whenever, whenever people would ask her what I was doing my mum would always go he's a teacher 
And at that point, I hadn't taught for like a year but to her. <laughs> I was still a teacher because she just thought like, oh, yeah, he's a teacher. And she didn't tell anyone I was like, she only started saying I was a wrestler after I got signed with the WWE because I guess in their minds, they can't kind of figure out how, like, how you can get like maybe just say money wise, just say you make a take a book in and it's 50 to 80 pounds or something. But then you say I got paid this, but they don't realize that that exposure allows you to then charge more somewhere else or allows, yeah, exactly. you, or allows you to sell like X amount of T-shirts online, which then could be that you were able to pay your rent that month. Again, hustle, hustle, hustle. They just don't understand that. All they see is the um, the start and the end of, oh, what salary did you make and stuff like that. So it's crazy to think that even though I'm from a small little Welsh Valley town and you're from uh, Portugal, the main the uh, the mindset of our parents are exactly the same <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like my my dad uh even when i was uh, a freelance graphic designer he didn't understand that he only got he only thought that i had an actual job when i actually had a contract like working uh-huh. for determined companies because he was like oh you're home you're not working. I'm like, no, dad, I'm actually working. Can you see me working on my computer? Yeah, but it's 11 p.m. and you're at home uh, on your computer. That's not working. I'm like, oh, it is working. I'm a freelance. Uh, that's not a real job. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> can, you, uh, can you remember, because like you said, like things happen very quickly in that space that year, but can you remember when you thought to yourself, whoa, I'm starting to break out here. I'm starting to actually become a name or I'm able to start making money off this. Can you remember when that actually was? Yeah. So I remember I was at a Starbucks because my I didn't have internet at home. This was like a month after I moved, like a little less than a month. Um, and I was at Starbucks and I was like updating my uh, CV and putting like, oh, I have new pictures. I have this and that. And... Uh, I'm signing out to send like to very, very small companies here in Europe. And I got a message from Walter and Walter asked me, uh, do you have promo pics? I'm like, oh my God, Walter's talking to me. Uh, yes, Walter, I do. <laughs> uh, can you send it to me? Yes. Uh, are you available to wrestle at World Tag Team Festival? No, it, uh, by that time it was World Tag Team League uh, on Sam Fatal's. And I'm like, <gasps> what? Yep, someone pulled out and can you can you do it? And I'm like, oh, yes, 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 please. And I remember just like breaking down with happiness and I just wanted to cry. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually resting for WXW. What the hell is this? So I did that and uh, that was October. And by December, like I've, I've done like a, some shows and uh, for WXW and from like very, very small companies around Europe. And then December, I became the first ever WXW Women's Champion. Like they took a risk with me. And after that, I just like January, I was in the UK uh, wrestling for WXW. And then I was going to debut for Progress. And like that, that, that was it. I was... I was like blowing up, like just because I became the Big City Women's Champion, people were noticing me, and then yeah. <laughs> how how did that feel to to be the first WSW Women's Champion? How did that feel? Um, 
I cried. Like I had <laughs> um, like a little meeting with uh, with Jacoby, and it was a few days before me winning the title. And he said, "Okay, so this is it." Like very very professional meeting. Not like, "Hey Raquel, guess what?" Like everything's <laughs> super professional. And he was just like having a conversation with me, talking about like my path and uh, what are my goals for my future, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, okay, so um, at 19, at 17 anniversary, was it 17? Yeah, at 17th anniversary, WXW, uh, you're going to become the inaugural WXW Women's Champion. I remember like I, I, I maintained my, my composure throughout the entire train, two-hour train ride. I arrived home. My boyfriend was there. I just looked at him, and I said, I'm going to become the first WXW Women's Champion. And then I started crying. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is so fucking crazy. And then when I, like, I did the match, I wasn't, like, really thinking about that. But then when I heard, like, the one, two, three, ding, 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 I broke down and started crying so so much like it was fucking surreal like just it's not about having the title it's about like them giving me the opportunity to be the first ever and to carry like the like to be the first ever and they like taking a chance on me it it, it meant a lot well it also means as well like you said they're taking the chance but also saying like okay we're trusting you to carry this division like, yeah. we trust you that much now that we're, like, going to build this division and we're going to build it around you. Like, that's what Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the division after that was built around me and Tony. Like, Tony was um, uh, was someone who had been with Derek Sebi, like, for two years, some sort. Like, and she just, when she came back, it was, like, to feud with me and for us to have, like, a program, uh, which was crazy to me because Tony just had come back from the Mayan Classic and she was like the hottest thing at like that year. She was the hottest thing. Um, and like having a program with her, like having a championship match with her, like in January uh, was like my, one of my goals. And I'm so glad that I'm so happy that WXW allowed that. And just working with Tony is an overall fun and such a learning experience since I was super green by that time. And just wrestling with her made me a lot better. So, do you know what? Do you know, for me, like, because I, I heard about you winning the, the championship. And I remember seeing, I remember hearing the name. And I think I'd seen pictures of you and little clips and stuff like that. But do you know what? The, I can remember the first time making me think, like, oh, this girl's a star. Do, can you remember? Do you want to know what that moment was? Oh, I do. It was, I was on Twitter and the gifts started going round of you cutting it when you'd cut yourself open in a match. And when you wipe the blood away and you look at the blood and you shrug, and I can remember just, <laughs> I can remember going like, oh, that girl's going to be a star. Like instantly just thinking like, and, and that gift just seemed to have done the rounds. Like by the time I'd seen it, I think it had something like a thousand retweets. And I was like, crazy. So I just think as well, like, I know I've, I've wrestled in Portugal. I know like how small the scene is and, and there's, uh, there's one or two, like, I wrestled Rossi and stuff again. He's good, but again, there doesn't seem to be a, a real social media following in Portugal. I was going to say, yeah, like, it's yeah. crazy how important social media has become nowadays. Um, oh, yeah, like, 
I started blowing up because of social media. It was like yeah. becoming the first ever uh, the Victor Women Champion, and then things started like ex exploding, and companies in the UK wanted to book me. And that match with the with the blood, it was actually my first UK match ever. It was me versus Millie at the WXW show. Yep, I remember that because I was supposed to be. I think I was supposed to be on that show, and I couldn't do it for some whatever reason. So I think I've mm. seen. I remember being interested in uh, seeing some footage, and I saw that gif, and I can remember, as I said, just thinking, "This girl, this girl's going to be a superstar." Like you, just the way you um, carried yourself, and the fact that you'd only really been—I knew that you were like quite new in the sense of, like you said yourself, you'd only been at WXW almost like a year by the time uh, that happened. You'd been training maybe a year before that, so you were still super new. But that confidence of just kind of like, you know, wiping the blood, looking at it, and just going with it, like shrugging, like, "Okay, I'm going to go with this." Again, just said start <laughs> to me instantly. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, how did you? So you were kind of everything was going well. You like you did WXW, became the first champion. All of a sudden, you were in the UK nearly every week, and you were flying here and flying there and wrestling to become kind of like okay, this is full time now. I don't have to steal internet from Starbucks anymore. I can afford my own internet. <laughs> um, yes. And we've all we've all we've all been there, Raquel. Trust me. Um. um but when did you, so how did WWE come along then? How did the May Young Classic come along? Uh, so that was pretty, like, super fast. So uh, I started going to the UK in January. And by April, I, I think, when was this? Oh, yeah. By April, I got an email from Jim Smallman uh, asking if I was interested in going and uh, being like the first women's match for the WWE uh, UK tournament. Uh, at first, I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? And why is Jim Smallman uh, sending me uh, an email? Is he? Uh, he's progress. What is this? <laughs> and I... I instantly replied yes 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 of course I am um, and he he sent me uh, I think it was Paul Fair then he sent me an email uh, just setting it setting everything up and this was April uh, do you remember when it was when we went to the O2 May May was May. the um, uh, yeah it, May was that it was definitely it because uh, let me work this out Yes, because I was still, I did my last PWG appearance in April. Yeah. yeah. I okay. I missed the phone call from Canyon Seaman because I was on the flight. So it was definitely April. Yeah. So, so April, I got the me. email. And then May was, May was us at the O2, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember I was like, oh, maybe this is like some sort of tryout or something like that. But like. It wasn't. Uh, they started taking photos of me. I'm like, what? What is this? Okay. Uh, and then I remember, like, me and Tony were in the slot um, of taking our pictures while the girls were in the ring, the other girls. And I was like, oh man, now I'm missing out on everything. And then I remember it was like all the guys were in the ring, and me and Tony were like just waiting around uh, to see what we would do next. And we were in our gears and. Um, and then Regal said for us to get in the ring and just roll around. Yeah, <laughs> that was so nerve wracking. But like, I remember the feeling of like 
we were supposed to roll around like for three minutes or something like that. And when that finished, me and Tony like just look at each other, just like went backstage and hugged each other. Like, oh, I'm so glad it was with you. <laughs> <laughs> so were you, were you, I can't remember, were you signed then in that May or? No, 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 no. I wasn't signed. Uh, I remember uh, the only girl signed by then, it was Tony and Ginny. Yeah. And we were just like there. And then the NXT UK taping started and they, uh, Canyon uh, invited me and Courtney uh, and Isla, Dawn, sorry, <laughs> to be at the May Young in August. Uh, so that was, I I think it was Coventry. No, it wasn't Coventry. Uh, Cambridge. Where was it? Cambridge. Cambridge, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got the the invites to be part of the May Young. It was so crazy. <laughs> so, like at this point, then you would have been the the first. Not only would you have been the first ever WSW uh, Women's Champion, but then you would have been. I could be wrong, but I'm guessing the first Portuguese women's wrestler to ever feature on WWE as well, right? Yes, yeah. that is true. Taking this bucket list off, Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, like, that's, that in itself is just thinking to yourself, I'm, that's going to be asking me amazing. I'm going to get to do the May Young, seeing what you've done for Tony the year before as well. Um, yeah. just yourself, this is going to be great. When did you find out who you were wrestling in the, in the first round? Oh, my God. Just thinking about that, like, I got goosebumps. Um, it was Sarah Del Rey. And she said... She was like, okay, girl, since you're here, I'm just going to tell you uh, who your first rounds are. So, so, did you, so did you fly out to Florida not knowing who you were wrestling? Ah, yes, yes, yes. We That's didn't crazy. Right, okay, this is, this is cool. Go on, carry on. Yeah, uh, so, so yeah, we were there just hanging around. And I remember, was this after you guys left or something like that? Um, um, yes, right, because we were over at the same time. What had we done? We had, yeah, we were over yeah. the WrestleMania weekends, so we had done the little bit of the loop. Um, I think, I don't think, I don't think I knew who you were wrestling. I think we had, I think we did a small crossover, didn't we? And we left, but I think you had done a little bit of like kind of like being at the PC, but I don't think you knew who you were wrestling. Or if you did, you didn't say it at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I think it was like a closer to the date of all the girls coming in. Uh, because there was only us, like the UK girls that were there. Uh, the others hadn't uh, arrived yet. Um, so, yeah, uh, she told us. And I remember they were telling, like, I think it was uh, Isla. It was the, the person before. So they told her that uh, who she was, she was wrestling, Nicole Matthews. And then she said, okay, and you, Raquel, you're facing Mika Satomura. And <laughs> Isla, I was like, I froze. I froze. I didn't even say anything. And she was like, uh, Sarah was like, like are, are you okay? Are you happy with your opponent? I was like, I looked at her, no expression at all. I said, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then <laughs> like crazy. I remember like Tony saying like, that's fucking amazing. Uh, it's going to hurt like fucking hell, but you're going to love it. I'm like, oh my God, I just want to die. This is so cool. <laughs> I can't believe they gave me Mako on my first round. <laughs> and, oh, God, that 
that was a match. That was amazing. <laughs> what a bucket list year that was. Like, you literally moved to Germany. You become the first ever WSW Women's Champion. You become the first Portuguese women's wrestler to ever feature in WWE. Then you go on to wrestle Mika Satamore at the Mae Young Classic. Dude, like, that year was fucking crazy. That was the best year of my life, like, no doubt at all. <laughs> Absolutely mental. Like, I'm jealous you got to wrestle her because she's one of the best wrestlers of all time. She is. Absolutely she incredible. Is. She made match... everything be so effortless. But then at the same time as well, she just looks like she's trying to kill you at all times as well. Everything has intent and aggression. She's, yeah. she's absolutely incredible. And like at this point, you weren't signed either as well. So like you had that match and that match is incredible as well. I will Thank say you. that. So like, did you come backstage and what was the what was the um, atmosphere like when you came back? Oh, my God. Uh, goosebumps again. <laughs> uh, I remember Mako hugged me and we both started crying. Triple H came up to me, shook my hand and said, very good job. Like, oh, it's, it's, oh, I can't even contain myself now. Regal said, very, very good job. Uh, Drake, who was my ref, he was, he just said like, after the, the bell rang and he raised the hand, he said, fucking great job. You guys oh, I love- fucking killed it. And I was like, oh my God, I just want to cry. <laughs> I love Drake. Drake's my favorite referee. Yeah, Drake- yeah. And I, and I and I I I say that just be like they're all fantastic. They're all brilliant. But he's my favorite wrestler. Yeah. My favorite referee in Dory because he used to be a wrestler. When you're killing it and he knows you're killing it, he just becomes like the dudes. Like there's like, like yeah, it's like a stamp of approval. Like, oh yeah, he's <laughs> led on the floor and he's just like he's like you're killing it, bro. It's just like yep, keep selling. That's fantastic. He's yeah. <laughs> and sometimes so, you go think, rem- like, oh my god, that's Drake Younger. That's Drake Younger. Yeah. Like, I, I remember being, like, doing my typical corner pose, being, like, uh, stretching my leg. And before Mako uh, making her entrance, he came up to me and said, breathe, breathe, Kelly, breathe. Everything is going to be fine. You're going to fucking kill it. It's going to be amazing. Just breathe. And then the music started playing. He looked at me. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It was like, breathe, 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 breathe. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. I'm so glad that he was my ref. <laughs> Oh, he's the man. He just wants everyone to do so well as well, and he just yeah. he's such great. He's such a great guy. So, like, you came back. Triple H loved it. Regal loved it. Mako loved it. Like, how long was it from that match then, where you you kind of got your contract and you were official? Because I know that we spoke a few times before this, and it was like, are you signed? And you're like, I don't know. And it was a little like you wanted to be signed, and you were a little unsure. And so, yeah. how long after that match did they officially sign you? It was a month after, if I if I'm right. Yeah, I think it was September. Uh, but yeah, like I didn't even think about it. They offered me a contract. I say, hell yeah, this is all I've ever wanted. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm good. I'm gonna be tagging partners with Kane. That's what I'm gonna be. Let's do this. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, then we started doing like the PC weeks and stuff again. Let's just talk a little bit about them, like. As good as like your training would have been at WSW, you can say yourself that the training we've had alongside long uh, like alongside the likes of Brookside and Mason and stuff like that it really has been invaluable. Um, let's just talk a little bit about that and your experiences with that. Yeah, that that's been like as you said, invaluable. Um, and just just thinking about like having Regal there when he started coming up and just like sharing 
his knowledge with us. That is something that I miss. I miss Regal so much. He's such like his mind for wrestling, his uh, just like grabbing Regal and watching some tape with him, like your previous matches with him and him pausing every five seconds just to say something. I'm like, hell yeah, this, this is what I need to become like next level wrestler like and get even better and mason uh he we us girls only um only trained with mason and um uh, and mossy yeah yeah um so like i i appreciate so much mossy's training is very like british style and uh like the uk uk wrestling uh but when mason came in and he started like to giving me like more pointers about stuff that I should do, like in terms of aggressiveness and stuff to be more like killer, like that changed, changed everything for me. And even though I didn't train with Brookside, I would go to Brookside and watch his classes. And after training, he would just like grab me and do some stuff with me. The best part of training week, just having like, Brookside literally uh, striking me <laughs> and uh, teaching me how to like sell and still be like the killer that I am. And Mason giving me like so many pointers and Regal as well. Like it's, it's great, great, great. Oh, and I miss Sean Hayes so much. <laughs> oh, don't, don't we all? Don't we all? Like, yeah. <laughs> thank God for Instagram stories. That's all I got to say at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting us all through this lockdown, all those home workouts. Hell yeah. Boom! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> like, that would definitely wake me up. We always had, like, the sessions at 10 a.m. And fuck yeah. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So, um, I know we spoke a little bit about, kind of, like, we spoke a little bit about uh, NXT UK before we came on. And we spoke about, like, kind of, like, you leaving wherever it was, like, common knowledge. And you said it was... And uh, so we're not going to get into like too much details about that, but like kind of now you are um a f- well Tessie, now you are a free agent, uh and when this all settles down and hopefully everything goes back to normality, like what's what's your uh what's your goals going forward and what do you want to achieve? Because I I know I know for one you must be gutted that like WrestleMania uh, weekends now not happening because you were supposed to be on Bloodsport and stuff like that, which would have been a killer yeah. would have been a killer introduction back into the into the international scene but, exactly uh, yeah so that, what, what's, what's the goal what's the goals going for uh my goal is going for is to uh have the matches that i that i was gonna have at wrestlemania week <laughs> yeah uh because as you said like blood sport would be a killer introduction to the independent scene again i'm so gutted at when i found out that they were closing the border and that WrestleMania week possibly wasn't going to happen. I legit cried. I was with AJ and AJ was just like, no, no, no. Everything is going to be okay. Uh, this, this will be like something that will go past very quickly. And they'll probably book, they're going to book you again. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, this was like everything that I needed right now. <laughs> I, I, I had to go to, to Tampa. I had to have my match at Bloodsport. I had to to have my match with Kylie Ray 
uh, and uh, WXW show, like I'm so gutted because I missed out on SummerSlam week because I had a concussion. And I went there, but I didn't wrestle. So I missed out on that. And I was so looking forward for this. And the, then it didn't happen because of coronavirus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, like, um, I, uh, Alexander Wolf, uh, he joked about that. He said, well, uh, now you have more time to prepare for Bloodsport. <laughs> That's the bright side. And like, uh, I guess. <laughs> But now I can't. I can't even train, so that that sucks. <laughs> so hopefully, when this all um, is over, I I go to America. I do blood sport. I wrestle for um, Black Label Pro, and finally have my match with Kylie Ray, um, and do other promotions that I had like a couple of surprises during that week as well. <laughs> And um, one of my other goals is to go back to Sendai. Um, yeah. Since I went there, I was in talks with Mako to go back, but it always uh, cl- clashed with, uh, with tapings. And I wasn't able to do it. And now uh, I'm 100% free to do it. And I talked with Mako and she wants to bring me over again. So that's one of my goals. And just to keep like my my schedule really really busy because I need those reps to get better and to get my name out there and have like, great performances and I'm super looking forward for it do you like is is the goal do you want to like do you want to be re-signed somewhere else uh, do you want to get back to WWE or are you not thinking about that or like AEW or anything like that at the moment or are you not thinking about that are you thinking about I just want to get the reps in and just get as good as I possibly can. Exactly. That's that's my goal now. It's to get even better. And that's what I need. I need to be like free for a while and go everywhere that I want. I don't want, I don't want to have any restrictions. I just want to be happy with wrestling again and just get better, get those reps, do all the matches that I wanted to do before getting signed, going to all the places I wanted to go before getting signed. And after that, I'll start thinking, because the uh, WWE said that the door is always open if I want to go back. So I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll go back to WWE, maybe I'll try and to see what's on the other side. Uh, you never know. But as of right now, I'm fully, fully focused on being the best Killer Kelly that I can be and building up my reputation once again and being undeniable because I want to I wanna be known as one of the greatest women's wrestlers of my generation. I want to be where Tony is. I want to be where uh, Kaylee Ray is. Um, I want to be where Rhea is. I want to be where Eoshirai is. I want to be like one of those, uh, Mako, of course. <laughs> I want to be uh, a name amongst those names. So that's what I'm working for. That's fantastic. And to be fair as well, like I know you said about the concussion, I know as well you had a bit of a knee issue as well. Um, yeah. So the, the upside to all this is the fact that coming back into independence you would have been wanting to go like full steam ahead 
I guess the upside is now you can make sure that when you do kind of come out and smash it again, you can do it at a hundred percent. So that is a silver lining, I guess as well. Yes, exactly. Like I, unfortunately, uh, my, my time in WWE was, um, was short in appearances because of my, I had two concussions and I had my knee issues. And then I had an issue with sciatica that I couldn't move my leg. So <laughs> I, I missed out on a lot, a lot of taping. So that was like, it was a bittersweet time in WWE, unfortunately, because of my injuries. And I wasn't seen that much uh, during those two years because of that. So right now I'm fully healed. Now with the quarantine, I'm <laughs> I'm not bumping, I'm not wrestling, so my body is feeling fine. So when I come back, I'm gonna come back like a full force. I will say this as well. Every time I used to watch, like uh, the, I see the Twitter streams from like the NXT UK episodes, and I know yourself, like you you couldn't wrestle because of those like injuries or your concussion or whatever. Like the support you've got online, there's so many people saying like, oh, you know, why aren't they featuring Killer Kelly? Why aren't they using her? And of course, there was re- good reasons behind why that was the case. But I think uh, I think there is definitely going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be itching to see you live now that you are a free agent. And I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to become even better than you were before. And uh, that's, that aim that you want to become one of the, the best in your generation, I have no doubt in my mind that you'll uh, you'll smash that. Thank you so much. <laughs> How I usually like to finish these off then is um, if you could go back and give yourself uh, any advice, like if you go back and like give your younger self advice, uh, what would that advice be now? How young? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, when you first started, like first week of training, what would the advice be that you would give yourself? Oh my God. Don't bump on a boxing ring. <laughs> Don't do that ever. And just relax and do your training and look for schools outside of Portugal when you reach the age of 18, not the age of 25 (laughs) and start doing this a lot sooner. (laughs) And just like, Oh, and of course go to the gym because I only started going to the gym when I was like 19, 20 and I wasn't very good at it. (laughs) So if I, if I did all those things, I would be certainly in better shape uh, when I started wrestling and uh, and study a lot of tape, study a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more. I, I watched a lot of wrestling when I was younger, but not like what that in depth that I do nowadays. So, and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the main thing. I think, I think everyone can learn from that one. Try to be happier. Yeah. Where can they find you on the internet then? Where can they find you on social media? Okay, they can find me on Instagram.com slash Kelly Wrestling, on Twitter.com Kelly underscore WP. Uh, and I've started now a Twitch channel Ooh. that I'm not going to say when I'm going to start Twitching streaming, but it's going to be soon. So follow me on Twitch.tv slash Kelly, have and you got, it's going to be a lot of fun. Have you got a big cartel or anything as well? Oh yes, I do. Thank you so much for reminding <laughs> You're me independent that wrestler. No, you need all you need all the uh, need all the support you can get. So independent wrestler, hustle, hustle, yeah, hustle. I, <laughs> I need to sell all these t-shirts that I printed for WrestleMania. <laughs> oh no! Yes, please. Shill, yeah. shill, shill. What's the address? Yeah, so, 
yeah killerkelly.vicarcel.com and you can also go to my pro wrestling tees slash killer kelly so please guys support this independent wrestler <laughs> uh killer kelly has been absolutely fantastic uh thank you for coming on the show i know this is one that me and you meant to do a few times uh but oh, i'm kind of yeah. glad i'm kind of glad that we've kind of been able to do it post wwe because now it's kind of like it's a nice starting journey for where you are now and hopefully we can uh, do another one in like two years time and we can look back on everything you've done over the over the course of those two years yeah hopefully yes that'll be great thanks very much thank you so much flash it was really enjoyable <laughs> How good was that? Seriously, um, it's the first one I've done via video chat. Should have said that at the start of the intro, but I'm not going to go back and record that now. Um, but yeah, it's just one I've done. I'm real happy with how that turned out. I was a little worried because I usually like do face to face, but I feel that because I know her really well. Um, again, once you kind of get in that rapport with somebody, you start chatting and start vibing. It's really easy to kind of uh, kind of bounce off each other. It's also I didn't think about this, but it's also a lot easier. I go into these podcasts with a, a list of things I want to hit. And I said to her once we'd stopped recording that um, she was really good. She just kind of went through everything and it's, it makes my job as a podcaster really easy when I don't have to prompt or force or push a conversation in a certain direction. She was hitting everything I needed to hit um, without me really being there. I said to her she could have re- literally interviewed herself. It was that good. But uh, one thing I do like about these video chats um, is the fact that when you're talking face-to-face, it can be quite hard when somebody's giving you some really good conversation for you to kind of look down at the piece of paper you have with your list of things and try to start plotting or thinking about okay where am I taking this it's quite rude whereas again uh, video chat or just via Skype because we didn't have the video on um, it's really easy for me to let her talk and while she's talking I can look at my paper I can think about okay she's saying this I want to lead it here um, she said this I can scribble it down or again uh, if we hit a soundbite that it's going to be really good in the future and I want to use that for um, a little teaser or a template in the next couple of weeks when I start putting out more content, I kind of scribbled on a timestamp and went, oh, that's a really lovely bit, I'll keep that. So yeah, it made my job a lot easier when it came to that because I didn't feel rude for not paying attention to her stories, but I also was able to kind of like guide them when I needed to, not that she needed much guiding, but I was also really, really, really kind of, where am I trying to get this? I, I was really able, there we go, to uh, to kind of guide her if needed be. But it's a fantastic conversation. As I said at the start, the fact that she'd, she had, she had, she had okay training in, at the start of Portugal. She then moved to another place and she said herself that she, the guide was minimal. He had some training with Landstorm, which again meant that her basics was pretty good. But she hadn't been trained to an exceptional level. And then she went to WXW and she was there for all of two, three months before she blew up completely into Britain and then another three months after that she was in the WWE having a match with Miko Satomura which is absolutely mind-blowing. Think about that. Like she, within the within 18 months of training properly, she was literally on the WWE Network with one of the greatest wrestlers, not just one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in front of millions on the network. And then she got signed to the WWE. Like, I can't tell you. I was, I'd been wrestling, what, maybe like seven years pro before I got to the WWE. And I struggled with it loads. And I didn't really find my confidence until about two years in to be in there. And I still struggle with my confidence there now. And she was expected to kind of hit the ground running at 18 months. Which is absolutely incredible when you think about it. 
big, big hats off to Killer Kelly. And okay, we did chat a tiny bit. We didn't go into much detail, but like now she's released, and I, I really mean this. I think that she has all the potential in the world to go away, get those reps in, become an absolute world beater. She says herself that like, if she wants to come back to WWE, she 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 can. If she uh, if she decides she wants to go somewhere else, cool. Like this now, she's. I said this to her afterwards that she's like in the top like five female talents in Europe like that's such a good place to be for her right now especially when you consider there are restrictions on certain people and other people have gone away other people have moved on to Pasha's Greener some people have have stopped wrestling altogether she is in one of the best positions she could have been in way better position she was than when she first got picked up with WWE so yeah I'm really excited to see what the next two years holds for Killer Kelly and again it was just a wonderful conversation. It's so cool to hear about how things were different in Portugal, to hear about her taking that big risk and going to Germany when her parents were saying no and stuff like that. And yeah, I feel like this really was just a really nice conversation to sit down and chat and for you all to get to know the real Killer Kelly a little bit more. And I do mean it when I said that I think that she's going to absolutely smash and take the world by storm over the next couple of years. So yeah, big thanks Killer Kelly. I really appreciate it. Really look forward to having you back on the on the show in like another 100 episodes and uh, we can see uh, how much of an absolute world beater you've become. So yeah, cool. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, I said at the start of the episode that, um, yeah, I'm really hoping that I can just get some uh, some continuing, get some numbers up, get continuing sponsorship coming off this. And then from that, hopefully then I can just, uh, you know, pay somebody else to edit this. Uh, I don't have to do it. The content then would be would be more free flowing. Uh, give me more time to just go around and collect content and send it to whoever I need to send it to, and then this content, this podcast will continue on. So it's in your if you enjoy the podcast, it is in your best interest to uh, push this as much as you can because by helping me, uh, you help somebody else edit this. It helps continue the flow of it, and you have more content to listen to. So if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, review. Uh, other ways to support it is to uh, you know tell a friend, tweet it out at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram, so pop it into your stories. Um, some people do love to send me uh, little emails, so I'm Flash Morgan at live.co.uk if you want to send me a little discreet email. I had somebody send me one this week, absolutely wonderful, thank you. Did get back to you as well again, got a lot of time in my hands at the moment, fantastic. Um, Yes, please, by doing that and telling everyone and keeping this buzz about it, everyone then has uh, something to look forward to and hopefully those numbers continue to grow. So thanks you, thank you for help, thanking me for helping you, for helping me, who knows? But yeah, just keep on, keep on doing that. Uh, old format used to be, hey, this is next week's guest. New format is, I have no idea who next week's guest is. I'll be honest with you, today's Tuesday. You're getting this now on Wednesday. I recorded with the podcast with Killer Kelly today I'm recording it one day before it went out I asked her a couple of days ago she said yes she could have cancelled today you wouldn't have had a podcast I probably need to get these done a couple more days in advance so I'll tell you this how about you lot start tweeting at me people you want to see on the podcast try to stay away from people I've already had on you I'm going to try I've got another two episodes before I hit 100 I'm going to try to stay away from anybody else for these next two episodes and then I'll start revisiting some people Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get some people on who were in the earlier episodes. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll try to get some absolute screamers on. Said this to Eddie Dennis the other day. We were chatting about this. I said to him, 
not quite sure what I want to do for the 100th episode yet. He said, mate, imagine you get a, a crazy guest on. Imagine you get... And that'd be, that'd be absolutely great, wouldn't it? So I tell you what. Start tweeting crazy people, acting them, and telling them that they should be the guest on my 100th episode. If they follow me, I'll start badgering them and we'll make it happen. If not, just keep on badgering them. That's what sort of me- social media is for. Badgering people until you get your own way. I'm joking. But that's definitely the way to do it, I think. Just, you know, you want to see someone on this episode, the 100th episode, maybe drop me a suggestion. Maybe. Maybe just at them and tell them you want to hear them on the podcast. If they like it, I will definitely try my hardest to uh, try to follow that up. So, yeah, there's your options. Let me know who you want to see on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Let me know or at the person you think should be episode 100. Because I really want to try to make that special. This is episode 98, of course. We've got uh, one more next week. And then I'm on the 100 episode. So I really do need to try to start figuring this out. But, uh, yeah, I guess all that's left to say while I continue to waffle on is uh, big thanks to Killer Kai for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, big thanks to you for listening and you for badgering people to be the big star guest on my 100th episode. I really appreciate you doing that. And if you're not doing it, start doing it now. Get your phone out. Go on. Do it. I'm watching you. Sort it. Get out now at somebody. I know. At Triple H. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, do that. That'd be great. Imagine if old Paul came on. Oh, Mendel. But, <laughs> but yeah, seriously, big thanks to you guys for listening. Um, I understand that uh, this is probably having a lot of people take their mind off what's going on in the world at the moment. So I hope that's really helped. And uh, now more than ever, really, I guess your time is more valuable because you are now able to do whatever you want. Most of you aren't working, unless you're key workers. I really appreciate that if you are. Um, if not, a lot of you have more time to do whatever you want. So I really do appreciate you sitting down and listening to my podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I guess all I have to say is always a pleasure, always a treasure. And bye. Thanks for stopping by. Stay safe, people. 